Fantastic. Um, speaking of uh, links of, of sermon, there was a, a church and they started to have a problem in the church. The sermons were getting shorter and shorter. And the elders were getting complaints. The congregation were complaining to the elders. And so that the elders, after a while, they got the pastor, took him into the back cupboard and said, hey, uh, we need to do something about this. The people are not happy. Um, sermons are way too short. And, and the pastor says, yeah, I know. I'm really, really sorry. I've got a real problem with my teeth. And um, is, I'm on the waiting list. I'm going to get some false teeth. But hopefully in a few weeks we'll be back to normal. So uh, everyone was fine with that. And within a few weeks, uh, boom, 20-minute sermon. Week after, 35-minute sermon. Week after that, 55-minute sermon. Week after that, an hour, 15-minute sermon. Elders got together again, took the pastor in the back cupboard and said, uh, you know, we're getting complaints again. I know you're, you know, you're making up for the short sermons, uh, but still not good enough. And it's great you've got your false teeth, but he said, well, the pastor says, well, actually, I still haven't got my false teeth, but I've been using my wife's. <laughs> 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 Appropriately, I stand for all the women who were really ticked off with that, but I also have to admit it's true for, for us. There's, um, there's this couple actually, <clears throat> there's this couple in the, in the Bible, in the New Testament, Priscilla and Aquila. And interesting, it's, they're always introduced in that way. Priscilla is the wife and Aquila is the husband. And so it seems like um, Priscilla was a dynamic person of that couple. But the Lord used them. And so you've had Priscilla, here's Aquila. <laughs> 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 um, you know, Peter was married because we, we know um, one of those, the first miracles of Jesus, he heals a mother-in-law. We know nothing about Peter's wife. And so whatever woman our God has made you, whether you're Peter's wife or the Priscilla, just be that, eh? Don't try and be a woman that you're not. Be who God has created you to be. Don't have to be what someone else wants you to be. Uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew, we're doing a series on the, the rebuild of the church. Warren started it with a great message on the parable of the soils. We're up to Matthew chapter 16. Uh, got a picture of Adolf Hitler, actually in front of the Eiffel Tower. And apparently Adolf Hitler, near the end of the war, August 1944, asked this question to the general in charge of Paris. Adolf Hitler asked, 
Is Paris burning yet? Is Paris burning yet? Uh, the war was almost o- over. Uh, allies had landed on Normandy, were coming through Europe. Hitler's days were over. It seemed only months away before the war would be over. And what Hitler wanted was that Paris would be destroyed. It would slow the advance slightly, but most of all, uh, Hitler was um, unstable. He was desperate. He wanted, he was hurting, he wanted to destroy Paris so it didn't get into the hands of the advancing allies. The German general in charge of Paris uh, was a general by the name of Dietrich von Choltitz, and he could have destroyed Paris. They knew which um, landmarks they, they, they would bomb, um, explosives, all that. And so the French resistance went to work, not in a military way, but in a conversation with Dietrich von Chiltitz. And they asked him this. They said this. You know, of all the generals over history, many have destroyed cities. But you, you could be the general that's known as a general who saved the most beautiful country in the world, uh, city in the world. And so, he did. He did not burn Paris. And actually, destruction is easy. Destruction is actually easier than construction. Uh, it's easy to destroy. It's uh, harder, actually, it's harder to build a house than to destroy a house. You know, it's harder to build a swimming pool than destroy a swimming pool. Um, destruction is not that hard. And Jesus said this, I will build my church. In fact, he said, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, of hell, will not stand against it. I will build my church. Let's read the scripture, Matthew 16, starting from verse 13. Matthew 16, starting from verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. What about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And so the location is really important. The location is really important where Jesus popped the question. All right? 
where Jesus popped the question. Really important. My first time I um, uh, popped the question to Charlene, didn't go so well. Bad, bad place, bad time. Second time went better. But um, where, where Jesus popped this question, it's, it's really important. Uh, Caesarea um, was, was a town, it was about 40 kilometers north up the Jordan River from Lake Galilee. It was Greek territory. Is that in the Wop Wops? If you think Galilee was the Wop Wops, Caesarea Philippi, Philippi was real Wop Wops. Uh, Greek territory, and so we didn't have the, the crowds and the critics of down in Jerusalem. But uh, most of all, Caesarea Philippi was a supermarket of spirituality. There was all sorts of options of spirituality at Caesarea Philippi. When we came back from Africa one time, the kids were little, and Shah was really excited. She wanted to go to the supermarket. So she said, I'm going to go to the supermarket and shop. So she went, she came back, she said, oh, I didn't get it all. I'm going to go tomorrow. Went to a different supermarket. She went, she came back, she said, oh, I didn't get it all. I said, what? I'm going to go tomorrow. I said, what? It doesn't take three days to, to shop. For food. She says, well, I go there and, and in the aisles there's just so many options. She's bewildered by the options of all this food that she could buy in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, in our capital in Africa, there were two supermarkets and often the shelves were stripped. You know, sometimes no cheese. Cheese was gone. But um, Caesarea Philippi, was a supermarket of spirituality. Uh, for one, it was the source of the uh, River Jordan. And so much of Jewish history was tied up with Jordan. Remember, uh, Moses took the people out of slavery across the Jordan and on their, uh, their pathway to the promised land. And Caesarea Philippi says, was the sort, this is where Jordan started. So all the memories of who it was to be Jewish people was there. Uh, it was also the, the place of Syrian Baal worship. In fact, there were 14 temples to worship Baal in the area, Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea had this cave, and the cave was said to be the birthplace of the Greek god Pan, the god of nature. In fact, the original name was Panias, named after Pan. And also there was a temple built in the honor of the Roman emperor Caesar Augustus by Herod the Great. And so Jesus takes his disciples to this place, this spiritual supermarket, to pop the question, who do the people say I am and who do you say I am? And there's all sorts of spiritual options out here. And what about you, boys? And the you is plural in the original. Who am I? Ko wai ahau. A ka mea ia ki aratu. A ki tā koutou. Ko wai ahau. Who am I? What do you reckon? Who am I? Where do I fit in? All these options. What about me? Jesus asks. 
who are the people saying I am? And what do you say I am? And Peter answers, as he often does, on behalf of the disciples. Well, the people are saying you're a reincarnation of one of the prophets, Elijah or Jeremiah or the, the recently beheaded John the Baptist, which, by the way, is what Islam says Jesus is, just a prophet. Uh, uh, in the Quran, Surah chapter 4, verse 157, it says this, that Jesus actually didn't die on the cross, but someone who looked like him, like a, a stunt double. Uh, they slew him not, they slew not the son of Mary, but one who had the appearance of him. So they're saying that Jesus is a prophet, that Jesus did not die on the cross, but someone that looked like Jesus. Now, some people say, well, you know, Christianity, Islam, pretty similar. If you take Jesus off the cross, that's, that's something totally different. That rips the heart out of our faith. It's not the same. It's not the same. I remember visiting a, a little town uh, from our town called Furugindi in West Africa. Went out on my motorbike, started doing some Bible studies with these young guys. And... Um, was going well, and then this older guy, he popped in. And most, actually most of our tribe, uh, 99% Muslim, they, they didn't understand their own Islamic uh, theology. But this guy did, he had studied. And uh, he says, let's have a talk. And he says, you think Jesus died on the cross, don't you? I said, uh, yeah. He says, no, he didn't. And I said, uh, uh, I think he I think he did. I believe he did. He said, no, he didn't. And um, he said, uh, you shouldn't come here anymore. So I didn't go anymore. <laughs> and the general thinking, <clears throat> excuse me, at the time of Jesus that he was a prophet. But Peter nails it. He says, you are Jesus the Messiah, the long-awaited rescuer, the Son of God. Verse 16, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Nailed it. And Jesus says, on this rock I will build my church. There's only two places where the word church is mentioned, actually, in the Gospels. Here, Matthew 16, and also in Matthew 18. And Jesus said, and I tell you, Peter, you are uh, you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. The original uh, Greek word for Peter is Petros, and rock is Petra. So it's like a wordplay in the Aramaic, which probably is what they were talking in. The, the wordplay is even closer. And there's been a huge amount of ink spilled by scholars over this. What is the rock? Is the rock Peter the person, or is the rock the declaration of Peter, the proclamation of Peter? And so the, the Catholic uh, standard view is it's Peter the person, that Peter is like the first pope. Now, probably due to an overreaction of Protestants, Protestant scholars have said, no, it's a proclamation. It's a faith that Peter's saying there, that is the rock. And most likely the truth is in the middle there somewhere, that it's both 
uh, Peter the person, that role that Jesus had given him, and also the faith, the faith that, that Peter proclaims, you are the Messiah. You're the one. You're him. Verse 20, there's still some work to do. Uh, verse 20, then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. See, their understanding of Messiah, the disciples, was military, political. But Jesus needed to fill it in, what Messiah actually meant. It wasn't, it wasn't going to be violent. It wasn't going to be about power. It was going to be about, about Jesus. <laughs> so Jesus wanted to sort that out. Peter's role was not due to Peter's faultless character. Peter failed miserably in the garden, eh? And still, Jesus says, the church will be built on the role of Peter and the revelation of Peter, both those things. You know, like all leaders, Peter had his flaws and failings. But one of the things we notice about Peter, this focus, he got knocked down, he got up again. And if we go back, as we started this mini-series, the parable of the soils, Mark 4, one of the soils issue is weeds. The worries of this life, deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things. In other words, worries, wealth, wants. And from what we see of Peter in the early church, he didn't lose focus from these things. So easy to do. But we see, uh, we don't, you know, we don't see Peter frantically trying to tick off um, bucket list items before he died or amassing wealth or distracted by the troubles and the bumps and bruises of the early church. But he got on with what Jesus had told him to do. End of John, Gospel of John. Jesus said, feed my sheep, Peter. And that's what he did. Led the church. So the role of Peter, but let's finish on the revelation of Peter. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Church will be built on, on that position given to Peter, but also on Peter's proclamation of who Jesus is, the Messiah, the rescuer, the Son of God. The church will be built. It will be constructed. It will grow and flourish. It will continue, and not everyone will clap about it. Hades, hell is not excited. Satan and his demons are not excited by that, that Jesus will build his church. So Satan and his demons will try to discourage, will try to deconstruct, will try to knock over and make lukewarm and ineffective. Uh, in the book of Acts, the early history of church, we see the church charging ahead, people coming to faith, miracles, healings, outpouring of generosity and community. And then, and then one of the deacons, Stephen, gets killed in the streets. And then a huge wave of persecution begins against the church. One of the chief figures... Uh, and that persecution was a young man by the name of Saul from modern-day Turkey. Yeah, but he was a Jew, and he was zealous in the persecution of the church. Very interesting, though, when, when, when Paul, Saul, is confronted on his journey to destroy the church in yet another town, there's a divine voice that comes from heaven. 
and divine voice, and we find it in Acts chapter 9, and the divine voice does not say, um, can you be a bit kinder to the church? The voice says this to Saul. He says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute me? And so that divine voice, that voice of Jesus, personifies the church as himself. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? I, verse 5, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. And so Jesus, that voice from heaven, totally identifies himself with the church that Saul is out to destroy. And some people talk as if faith in God is the main thing and church is an optional extra. Well, that's not what the voice from heaven says. That's not what the Bible, the Word of God says. The church is Jesus. The personification of Jesus. Saul, don't you persecute me. Don't do that. I'll knock you to the ground. <laughs> and that's what he did. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. The future of the church is life and flourishing and advancement. It's not death and destruction. I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I want to finish with stories of faith. We're going to give the ladies first. Uh, let's finish, you know, proclamations of faith, of what Jesus has done, what he can do, what he's done for you, what you've seen. Okay, we're going to um, leave the mic open for a while. Charlene said, you should. You should organize people. No, no, we'll see what happens. So, <laughs> it's... Um, the worship team come up and I'll finish in prayer. Um, we'll have um, opportunity for prayer if um, anything that's triggered something today, you need prayer for a person, for yourself, family, situation, whatever, uh, people would love to pray for you today. Let's, let's finish. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You're good. We say yes to you and um, of what you can do, that you are the rescuer. You are the rescuer. What you've done before, you can do again, and even amongst us.